morning, Jen. Hey, good morning. Welcome back to episode three. Our sound engineer doesn't suck as much anymore. Um, she's definitely been working overtime. She's been working overtime. <laughs> um, hopefully she can take some advice of like, you know, from this episode of talking to someone before she does things. Um, but yeah, anyway, sound engineer is me. Um, but we got microphones and we are all set up and we like... It sounds fantastic. It sounds so much better. Thank you for listening to the first two episodes if you got through them. We know that it was probably a little bit rough, especially this past one. Um, but we are back and I'm very excited because now we have like a real podcast going. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's dive in. I'm excited for this this episode today because I actually think it'll be super helpful um, as both people who have started multiple businesses now. Um, it's a lot of advice. It'll save people a lot of money. <laughs> um, Jen, what's your high for the week? So my high for the week is that we're leaving the Airbnb and I'm moving in with my original roommates. <laughs> Who are your original roommates? Tell the people. Maria and Paul. I like to call them mom and dad. <laughs> you guys, Jen is an only child. And I effing love my parents. <laughs> she I, like I haven't figured out if we can swear parents. on the I, podcast. I, we can swear. Uh, I hope so. Oh, maybe kids are around. Yeah. Damn kids. Uh <laughs> No, um, Jen is like BFFs with her parents, which like I love my parents too. I mean, best friends. But I come from a family of five and like <laughs> Jen like will go and spend like the day with just her parents. Yeah. Like and just like hang out like they're like, like pre-mat. I would hang out with them for like seven to ten like, days together, for Christmas. Together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We just spent the day together yesterday. They had some doctor appointments, needed some help. And I took them and we went out for lunch and dinner and had the best time. You guys are I didn't want to go so home. cute and it's hilarious. <laughs> Jen is like so funny because she's an only child that doesn't act like an only child. Like it never, it, it, I, I always forget you're an only child because Jen's always like, you're not special to everyone. <laughs> and so feels like very not only child to me. Um, but yeah, anyway, that's funny. Yeah, so I'm really excited, um, partially because I'll get to see my parents all the time, and then we'll have more space. We can actually do laundry without having to take it to someone's home. Yes. It will be great. Yeah, out of the college Airbnb. Correct. And then- It yeah. kind of felt like I was going in reverse because this Airbnb has been relatively similar to my first apartment in Chicago, <laughs> which I thought was fantastic As as a 22-year-old. <laughs> And now as a 30-something, I'm like, ooh. <laughs> ooh, that wasn't as great as Not quite the note I wanted to go out on. <laughs> well, hopefully you have some exciting things, too, coming this fall after after the move-in with your parents. Yeah, that's actually my low for the week. I am feeling anxious over you having a baby. <laughs> Jen's low is me having a baby. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm real excited for, her, for him to get here. Um, but we just have so much change on the horizon and we do, and we've done it for a long time. You know, we launched in the pandemic with right. two toddlers at home, so I know we'll be fine and we always get through it, but over the next four to five months, uh, I have two moves in front of me in with my roomies and out with my <laughs> roomies. <laughs> uh, you're having a baby and then couple weeks after that, I'm having a baby. You were having a baby months after me. It's not a couple weeks. <laughs> Jen has condensed everything in her mind to be like, <laughs> it's, it, it'll go quickly. 
Je- so just so that we're clear, Jesse will be back from maternity leave for maybe four weeks and then I'm out. You'll also be in the like thick of like where I kind of am right now of like F all of this. Yeah. Yeah. During that time. So. So I'm just, you know, I'm a little anxious for the next season, but it'll be fine. It'll be fine. We always make it through. Yeah. <laughs> um, How about you? What are your highs and lows? So my high, Jen laughed at me just now before we started recording. Oh yeah, here we go again. <laughs> because for the third week in a row. I was looking and for I'm inspiration done. and I'm not getting inspiration from her high. Um after this, but I had a wonderful birthday. I really enjoyed it. We went to Michigan for a couple days. Um had a lot of fun. Rode a bike 33 weeks pregnant in flip-flops with a long dress on. Not my best idea, but it was fun. <laughs> So if you've been following along since we started, Jesse claims to not be a birthday person, <laughs> but her high 100% of the episodes has been about her birthday. I'm done. I'm done after this. It's just like, I feel like I Yeah, until we start it. talking about her presence next week. <laughs> well, I was going to say, and then I had a girl's dinner, which was so lovely. It was like all my friends. I mean, not everyone, but I think most people like know each other. But then Jen got to meet everyone. Jen has been like my pandemic baby. Yeah. She hasn't been out to meet anyone. I'm this like secret friend yeah, that no she, one has met. She's like this secret friend. So she's um, finally, you know, I took her out into the world um, mm-hmm. and she got to meet all my friends, which was lovely. I'm glad everyone got to meet you and they all loved you. It which... was like your favorite Netflix characters coming to life. It was. It was. It was like everyone was so cute. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And then you guys, Jen got me. <laughs> the best birthday present. <laughs> We're going to get um, a night nurse a little bit, like a couple nights a week um, for this baby because I don't want to die. Um, and Jen, part of like her birthday present for me was to pay for a couple nights of night nurse, which is like 10 out of 10 recommend. If you're looking for a present for a new mom, do that. <laughs> yeah, I think so. This episode isn't about motherhood per se, but um, I love that, you know, in early like newborn stage, your biggest trigger is sleep. Totally. Um, whereas mine was breastfeeding. And so both of us have like, uh, ideas in our head yes. with number two of like, okay, we know that that's the trigger from the first go around. Right. We have a little um, bit more experience. Yeah. How are you going to avoid too many meltdowns? Too many meltdowns. Let's not act like there won't be any. <laughs> um, and then, so yeah, that was my high. And then I'm done with my birthday, I promise. Yeah, right. Um, and then, what's my, oh, my low is that like, I was actually really excited about last week's episode and we'll have to like kind of redo it at some point, um, maybe for like a holiday episode or something, but it, it just like tanked in the middle and like the sound just like, there was like a feedback loop. It was awful. The like you learn quickly that you can't fix sound <laughs> really. You, like right. once it's ruined, it's it's just kind of there. So um, didn't so, want to scrap it completely, but you know, the good news is for any clients that are listening, we always tell you to just jump in and get started and yeah. you, you can tell we practice what we preach. Exactly. Um, so speaking of jumping in, let's yeah. get into the episode this week. Let's so do it. I think everybody should start their own business, whether it's a side hustle or not. Yeah. But that's it, also coming from the girl who started her first business at eight years old. <laughs> I never told you this no, story. No, you didn't tell me this Okay. Story. Hot take. This is not on the script. Uh, I started my first business at eight years old. You're a couple years younger than me, but hair wraps were cool for like a long time. Like the little bandana things? No, oh. like, um, oh. did you ever go on vacation, like on vacation? Yeah, and yeah, they yeah. would like 
braid yep. or like twist a hair wrap into your hair and you could get like gems at mm-hmm. the bottom. Well, I figured out as the weird only child that I was, um, I figured out how to make them and I attached them to a butterfly, not a butterfly clip, those like bendable clips. Mm-hmm. So I I made a hair wrap but had tied it to a clip so that you could have temporary hair wraps. And I made a bunch of them and started selling them for kids' birthday parties. So of course you did. Parents were paying me like 50 to 75 bucks to make the favor for their kids' party. Yeah, which is like a million dollars when you're eight years old. That's crazy, especially in, well, what year was that? Unclear. It was in the 90s, but I cleaned house for a solid summer in the 90s. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Of course you did. Anything you'd like to share from that business? Uh, it's probably back in style now that the 90s are back. <laughs> I know, back, right? So. Oh, my God. Gen Z is probably doing it. We should ask Colin. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, but we... I followed all of our tips, though, in looking at what we're going to share today. I see that mm-hmm. eight-year-old Jen just out there hustling. <laughs> no shame in my game. <laughs> um, so today's episode is about three marketing mistakes. Marketing is in quotes. That can cost your business thousands of dollars. We have, working with clients, like... There are times we've been on the verge of tears, like, or even people that, you know, new business potential people that we've um, consulted with, like knowing how much money they've spent on things that they didn't need to spend them on, (laughs) spend that money on. Um, And so we thought we'd like highlight a couple of the biggest things that we see happening where people are spending thousands, sometimes tens of thousands of dollars. And it's just, there's no ROI and it's just not smart investing when you're starting out. And then three of the things you can do instead. Yeah. And we'll say like, this is generally speaking, this is more so for the solopreneur who's not taking on, you know, huge investments totally. to get out the door. Not funded. It's yeah. Like- you're not funded. You're just, you're trying to start a business on your own and yep. you're trying to figure out how do you start it um, in a way that is admirable and looks legitimate, but without over-investing. Right. Jen is always like no over investing yeah. in anything. Yeah, I'm the fun sponge. <laughs> um all right, so our number 1 and I'm going to pop this over to Jen in a second because she is the funniest thing that she tells people um which I don't always follow in real life like literally or figuratively. <laughs> but, <laughs> but um paid PR is one of the biggest um people get con is not the right word. I don't it's, it's just not, a gamble. It's a gamble. And I. it's not that I don't believe in PR. I think PR people can be fantastic and great and it can do a lot for businesses. But small businesses investing big, quote unquote, money in PR, you can't compete often with the bigger businesses, again, unless you're like well-funded. And so you end up just like, we've just seen clients pay huge money for like TV spot or something. And they're like, I didn't get anything from it. And we're like, no kidding. Why would you, you know? So- what, what do you always tell people? I always tell people, clean the house before you invite anyone over. <laughs> <laughs> See, I need to That's learn. That's my Sicilian mother coming out. Of <laughs> but what that means is before you try and drum up all of this excitement outside, because PR is really great for drumming up excitement. Mm-hmm. And if it works, you'll drive traffic to wherever you're directing people. Um, however, 
if you're just starting out, chances are things are Frankenstein together. You're still working on your process for whatever you're selling or your product or your service. Um, I always recommend clean the house before you invite people over. Have your foundations in place. Have your product. Test your systems. Yeah. Someone that we've worked with before always used to say, let's get water running through the pipes first. (laughs) Um, But test everything. Do it on a smaller scale in more of a beta type way. You know, I think so many of us feel pressure when we launch a business that we got to get out there and we got to start making money. Yeah. Because if we're not making money, uh, you know, what are we doing? This isn't a hobby. We want to take things seriously. And the fact is you can still have that beta ramp up period Mm -hmm. and be very successful. Totally. Without putting that pressure on yourself. Um, Because it is a huge gamble and we've seen people do that. There's also plenty of PR opportunities out there that are unpaid. Yes. What is your favorite site? Help a reporter out. Yes, you love H- that site. H A R O. Yeah. If you Google it, it'll pull right up. You can sign up for your city. Um, it's a great resource. They send out three emails a day, and it's what whether it's a publicist or editors, etc., are looking for. And you can write a quick email to respond. So. I actually have a help a reporter out intro written for my blog mm-hmm. and for the marketing greenhouse that I keep in the drafts of my email so I can genius so I can just respond so pretty easy. quickly and then you can tailor the message based on what they're looking for. Yeah. That's a really smart. So that's a great way to great yeah. way to start. Yeah, and I think also with paid PR like I think sometimes and we see this overall in business but you know, what is the intent like figuring out why you are doing it? Are you doing it to drive sales? Are you just doing it for some awareness? Um, And what are you driving traffic to? Which is kind of the clean the house thing. But if you have a website that like you're not proud of or that isn't done and you are sending all these people to this website that doesn't look professional or isn't, you know, buttoned up, um, then I think that it can, you know, you're like, you get people there and then why are they there? They just click out immediately. So make sure that you have everything in place before you go paying for. Yes. I do think PR paid PR is a great way to dump gasoline on the fire. Once you have things rolling. Yes, I agree. Especially like very specific targeted paid PR. Yes. Incredible. There are experts who can just really set you up for success. We're not, we're not shitting on PR um, as, as a whole. (laughs) We're just, you know, making sure that small businesses aren't. But that's actually a good tie in to number two. Yeah. Do you want to tell them? Yeah. Number two is outsourcing too quickly. <laughs> um, you got to hustle. Like yeah, you, show some hustle. You, you know, if if you're not here to hustle, then you probably don't want to start your own business. I mean, I think that that's just a kind of the yeah, name. I of the mean, game. when you start your own business, you are the president and the janitor all yeah, at the same time. Totally, unfortunately. <laughs> And sometimes there's more janitorial work than there's a lot more janitorial work <laughs> than you expected. Um, but yeah, I think you know if you like if you if you can learn it in 10 minutes on YouTube don't outsource it immediately figure try. out what yeah try to do it you know so many try and fail like Jesse and I with the microphone exactly and you'll learn and by episode three you won't sound like a bumbling idiot well <laughs> hopefully maybe episode 10 guys stick with us um but yeah I, I think we see clients that are like well I don't have much money but I want to pay you guys just because I don't want to do X, Y, or Z. Right. 
which is fine once you have income, once you have, you know, revenue. It's not super smart to do it immediately. One, you can start trying things and you can say, you know, we have people that come to us that say, I hate Instagram. Like, Mm -hmm. I just don't want to do it anymore. And that's okay once you're making some money. But I also think it's really important to do things yourself first to at least try Mm -hmm. so that you know what to ask for when you reach out for outsourcing needs, whether that's marketing or some kind of business need, whatever it may be. could be technical, finance. Try it yourself so you know what you're asking for and you can also assess their scope of work. Mm-hmm. We've seen a handful of clients, you know, we work a lot within digital marketing. So we tend to see people who either have a digital marketing strategy that has failed or they haven't started one yet. And the people who come in where they're strategy has failed. They didn't understand what they were asking for initially. And an agency sold them in on something that they didn't actually need. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't work out. So Mm -hmm. that will end up saving you money too. Yeah. I think there are also ways, again, with outsourcing, we see people outsource a huge chunk of something. Mm -hmm. And I, again, I'm going back to Instagram just because I think that that's it. Everyone hates Instagram. Um, But I I tell people like, you can also outsource small, smaller parts of a bigger project. So like, maybe you don't like doing Instagram, but if someone is going to charge you a lot more money to post your content live. So maybe someone can put the content in for you or create the content for Mm -hmm. you. And then you do the posting that can save you a ton of money. Content creation versus actual like running your Instagram and doing the engagement, all those things like that's, that makes things very expensive. But if you can find someone just to create the content and you're okay with just like posting it, it's a great hack to save some money and not outsource thousands of dollars a month. And, you know, I, you could probably get someone to do that. I don't know, for 500 or so dollars, not depending on where you are, depending yeah. on who you use, you know, yeah, we love Fiverr for things. Um, I mean, I outsource my Instagram engagement. Yeah, totally. It's Instagram rewards being on the platform for at least an hour a day talking to people. And well, I'll go on and engage with people myself. I know I can't consistently do that for an hour a day. Right. I just don't have that time. And so now I outsource it. She outsources it to Emmy. Yeah. <laughs> Boobies. Yeah. <laughs> Emmy loves saying boobies. So I just. With if, everything. If you uh, get a boobies comment back, you know, you know who it is. Mm-hmm. Emmy. <laughs> we can't get her to stop because she uses it so well in sentences. Like she knows how She's to drop so it in. Funny. And so it, it makes people laugh. Emmy is a comedian. She is a comedian. All right. Um, number three, spending too much on marketing materials. This one like makes my stomach turn. Me too. Um, this one makes me the most uncomfortable because you see it all the you time. You see it all the time. It's so, I don't even know. Like, people come to us and they're like, I don't have much more money because I spent $30,000 on a website and I right. just want to like throw something across the room. <laughs> Who is spending $30,000 on a website these days? And I apologize if that's you. I don't mean to be mean, but what are you thinking? <laughs> well, I so I know what they're thinking. They're trying to look legitimate and they're doing, you know, they've maybe done some research. They got a couple of quotes mm-hmm. and websites can be very expensive. Yes. And and, 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 and sometimes I, they should be. They should be. I agree. I should not I should not 
make that a whole broad statement that like no one should pay $30,000 because some websites are 100% worth it. And I think that there are groups out there that But when you're starting out, it's not the best investment. No. And also it's so easy. It's not 2004 anymore. It's so easy to make a Squarespace website that looks beautiful. There are huge companies that are still using Wix or Squarespace or very simple templates to run their multi-million dollar companies that are using, you know, back in, uh, what is it? Shopify. Like for, for e-commerce, they have great templates. You can make it look great. You do not need to spend... I don't know what I'll cap it at, but you don't definitely, in my opinion, when you're starting out, unless you have a huge budget, don't spend over $500 on a website. Like, yeah, I would say a thousand max. A thousand max. Yeah. Um, The other thing too, is just the overall marketing materials. We see so many people, you know, you're so excited to start your own business. You've got your logo that you're real pumped about. Don't, don't spend too much on a logo either. No, because it will probably change. It will. And also you can get it. Kyle, my husband's going to hate me for this. But you, you can generally get one on Etsy for very cheap. Or oh, something. I can just see Kyle's ears bleeding. Now. Yeah, exactly. Um, but you you can get one on Etsy or somewhere else. Um, there's another website where like people bid out like designing a logo. Oh, yeah. It's called like a thousand and one designs or something. Something like that. Like that. And you anyway, you can get it. Don't spend too much money. Get a clean one. Hundred and one designs maybe. Anyways, yeah, you can you can get a decent logo and then even though bulk ordering quote unquote saves you money, order the smallest or the second to the smallest size batch, Mm -hmm. you know, in business cards or brochures or whatever it may be, because you can reorder it when you need it. Totally. Um, And even if you have to pay an extra 10 cents per print or whatever, it's worth it in the long run instead of spending you know, one to $2,000 on all these marketing materials yeah. that now I did this when I first started my business. <laughs> I mean, I was so pumped. Right. I could wallpaper the walls with the postcards oh that my I printed <laughs> um, and ended up recycling so, so many of them. Yeah. So that's a big one. Just like really cap your spending with, with marketing materials, your website, your logo. Etsy also has great templates. If you're doing some sort of digital online thing, um, or you need PowerPoint presentations. Yeah. Etsy has fantastic templates that you can um, like adjust to be in your colors or whatever it is. There's a website, Coolers, I think it's called, mm. um, where you can like get your brand colors and make sure they match well and everything. Um, it's like automated. It's fun, but yeah, don't don't spend a ton of money on a website um, before you even have a business. Okay, so those are the three things that you should not waste your money on. Right. Now, as always, we want to give you (laughs) some proactive tips. So three things to do instead. Um, Number one, I think this is like the biggest miss that people have when starting business is not reaching out to people who are in the industry or who have done it before um, for consulting. Now, like, if you have friends or something, you know, or you can get a connection, it's obviously always nice to do it for free or like take someone out to coffee. Or at but, least start that way. Yeah. But I also think that like a great thing to do is like reach out to someone and be like, hey, I'll pay you for your time. I just want to like talk through this or I have this business idea, whatever it is, like buy a couple hours from them. Mm-hmm. Like they, they don't really have to do any work other than show up and give you like their expertise and you get to figure out like where they messed up. Right. 
Um, yeah, consulting or advising is a great way to round out your research about how you want to get started and pitfalls you can avoid. Mm-hmm. I um, when I started Ten Swim, which was a swimwear line, I started like six years ago. Um, it. I wish I, I had zero experience in the industry. And like, on the one hand, like, sure, there's something to be said that I built it all and like manufactured it and found everything I needed to. Um, but on the other hand, I could have saved so much time and money had I spoken to someone in the industry and like, just like paid them, I don't know, $500 for like a couple sessions to walk through everything because there were like so many things that we ended up doing that it was so stupid, you know, like we got lost in inventory and we had so much inventory for one um, season that ended up like killing us because all of our money was locked up in inventory. Anytime anyone's like starting a clothing company now or a swimmer or anything with inventory, I'm like, do not get your money locked up in inventory. It's kind of like you were talking about with the business cards. You'd rather even just break even and sell, even if you're paying a premium to like uh, get the things manufactured, it's fine because at least like you get the money back and then right. you can reinvest it. When you can't sell something, when you have thousands of units you can't sell in a small business, you can't then make a new collection, um, which then puts you like, do you just keep investing? Do you try and sell it off? And anyway, that's that's my inventory-based businesses. Don't get stuck in inventory. But um, yeah, I think if, if I had talked to someone beforehand, they could have given me so much good advice that would have saved me thousands of dollars. The other side to it as well is I think it helps you avoid burnout. Yes. So if you pick someone's brain about how to set things up or pitfalls you could run into, or do you need to invest in a trademark attorney? These are all things that save you from spending 10, 20, 30 hours researching. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, we recently spoke with someone on, we're we have a new initiative that'll be coming out this fall and we hired a couple of hours from someone so we could pick her brain on how she did it. Someone who's done it like on a large scale before. And like, she gave us so much valuable information that we would have like, we could have easily gone down the wrong path and spent 40 hours doing X, Y, or Z. And yeah. And then you end up hitting a point where you've invested. If you don't hire an expert to advise you you end up hitting a point where you've now put so much brain power into mm-hmm. something that you're just out of gas. Totally. Yeah. And so, yeah, we, we do it. We continuously do it. I feel like we've done it with multiple people over the past year. We did it yeah. with someone who had started a podcast before, you know, just pick yep. their brain. Um, it's a great way. To, it's, it's like a growth hack. Like find someone who knows what they're doing or who's been in the business. And I also think it's great to offer people to pay for their time because I think it becomes a bit more of like, they're going to give you more valuable information. They're not just going to be like rushing through. And again, you might have a friend, you might have someone who's like willing to do it for free, which is totally fine, but it's the value is there to pay for it as well. And I think oftentimes people, it's not like you have to find a quote consultant, just find someone in that industry and say, Hey, like, can I pay you a hundred dollars to talk for an hour? <laughs> like yeah. I just like have a million questions to ask you. And a lot of people offer advising hours. We do it together. Yeah. We do it separately. Um, yeah. I know a lot of bloggers who do it for mm-hmm. people who are getting started. So yeah. Yeah. I that's a great idea. way. Oh my God. Blog- if anyone's starting out in blogging, I know we have some um, people that like follow us uh, blogging, always talk to someone because there's so many, there's so much money you can spend. Um, that isn't going to help you at all. Yes. Um, early on in blogging, or you could talk to someone and they will tell you everything not to do. People love telling you 
what mistakes not to make. Yeah. I do at least. Like I love telling people in business, I'm like, do not do this. I have done it before. <laughs> like it's stupid. So my uh, favorite one is the next one, which is creating a one to two year game plan. Jen loves a game plan more than anyone. It helps you stay met. on track. <laughs> so you could call this a strategy, um, but it, strategy sometimes feels like it's too big of a word. Yeah. So we like to call it a game plan. And one of the pieces that I love building into the game plan is if, especially if you're just starting out or if it's your first, maybe second year in business, what are you going to invest in the business? What's your seed money? Create a bucket of money that's just dedicated to the business mm -hmm. so that you can start a budget straight out the gate and manage things like a business. Right. And and I think that that was a big thing you taught me when I, I came to Jen with like a random idea before we started marketing greenhouse yeah. um, and I was like, I want to do this. And she was like, okay, cool. Like decide what you're going to sink into it. Like, mm -hmm. you know, because it, it was a bit of like a fringe idea. And so she was like, don't like go crazy. Don't, because then you just start bleeding again. That's, I think you hit burnout. If you were yeah. just like constantly throwing like a hundred dollars here, $300 there. And it's easy to do when you're starting out. And so figure out like your budget and then break that down into like what you need. Um, and then you also end up, not spending $20,000 on a website because someone convinced you to, you know, be like, that's it, not in my budget. So that's the other perk to it is if you create a game plan, especially if you carve out a budget with your game plan, it forces you to prioritize, Yes, which is so important when you're starting out, because as you're starting, everything feels and seems important. Everything feels fun too. It's not like fun. You have all these ideas that you're yes. just like, Ooh, Ooh, I want to do this. I want to do that. It's, I mean, we still do it. Jen's always like, put it in the parking lot. Yeah, stuff's got to go to the parking lot. <laughs> so like, yeah, the the one to two year game plan, I think especially. Like the Poor Jessie, her dreams just get squashed yeah, on like a bi-weekly basis. Constantly squashing my dreams. Um, but yeah, I think that that's just such a great way to um, make sure that you're staying on track and make sure that you're like, you're going, you have a goal or maybe a couple goals that you're like heading towards and you don't get distracted by everything you can get distracted by, by like, you know, I think in new business, sometimes too, you see other people doing things, you're like, Oh, should I do that? Should I do that? Should I do that? Yeah. Distraction and, can be big. Yeah. And if they, you know, because and it's hard because you see other people succeeding and it's like, you need to have your blinders on to a certain extent. And when you know, like how much money you're willing to spend and also like where you're going with something, you know, if you're doing it in Q1, sometimes it's not going to give you an ROI or whatever till Q4, or you're not going to get what you want out of it. And so having blinders on just helps you stay focused. Absolutely. Number and then your favorite is next. Number three, <laughs> be strategic about outsourcing. So I know we talked about not outsourcing too quickly before. The other end of this is we see people, especially entrepreneurs like hustlers, you know. I'm terrible at this. <laughs> yes. Actually, I think you've gotten pretty good about this in the well, past Well, I have year. gotten better because of you, but this is <laughs> most definitely my Achilles heel. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, I can do that. And it's, yes. and, and I, I feel the same way so often. You're, you're like, I can do that. Why would I pay someone else to do it? Reality is, it's like something that might take you eight hours is going to take someone else 30 minutes and you can pay them for it. And it's done. You know, right. we see so many people that are like, we work with moms, we work with busy people just in general. And it's like, you, I have a side hustle and a full-time job. And they're like, I'm going to do these 40 things. 
And it's like, yeah, but it's going to take you a year to do that. And right. so if that, is that how long you want to build your business? Like if it is, that's okay. You can build slowly and we, that's totally fine. But if it's something where you're already like making money off of a business and, and there's revenue coming in, we see people stunt their own growth by not outsourcing something. You know, yeah. we're like, why are you still doing that? You're obviously so good at sales. Stop worrying about Instagram. Outsource that to someone. Or oftentimes what will happen is you will get bogged down in the executional details. Yes. And now the strategy starts to fall apart for the business or you're not thinking far ahead enough. And right. suddenly you're in this hamster wheel of constantly doing the same, you know, junior level task. Yes, exactly. And so the business isn't growing or your sales start to slip. Right. Um, and you're like, you're, what is it like grabbing pennies and, and leaving dollars on the table? No, no, no. Marianne's uh, saying is you don't want to bend over dimes to pick up nickels. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And that's what you end up doing. And yes. it's like, you're, you, you, we see these people that like land these huge accounts or whatever, you know, something like that. And they're so good at that. Yes. But then they're over here spending hours and hours, you know, picking a person they could spend pay someone $15 an hour to do. Right. Um, and it's like, why, why? Because then you could focus on the big, the big numbers, focus where your strengths are. And so we, we help clients with this all the time, but I'll, I'll share a little secret for the people who have stuck with us. <laughs> um, one of the things that we always recommend is selecting one of your revenue streams. Mm -hmm. We always recommend you have multiple. Um, and when you pick one of your revenue streams, determine if you can add, you know, one more or however many more of that product or service, mm -hmm. what can that money go towards? That's how you can start to budget for outsourcing. Mm -hmm. So like, I'll give a basic example and my foggy brain can only do simple math. So let's <laughs> say I sign with my blog, I sign a brand collaboration for $500 if I can secure one more of those a month, it's maybe only a couple hours of my time, but I could carve out that $500 to go to someone to help me schedule Pinterest right. and uh, optimize the blog, mm -hmm. handle Instagram engagement, a yeah. lot of things that just bog me down. And then your next brand deal ends up being $1,000 because you have all it's those well stats. supported, exactly. yes. Yeah, and exactly. It's just a win-win. And yeah, yeah I, Fiverr is one of Jen's favorites. She, yes. she introduced me to it. Um, places to find really affordable help. Um, I think that's the easiest way to start outsourcing because outsourcing is scary. I was uh, extremely fearful of it for the longest time. Why? Do you like being in control of things? <laughs> <laughs> My fear is that what if the money goes away? How are you going to pay said person? <laughs> But what I have learned is that if you build it that way, where you're constantly focused on adding whatever that service is or mm -hmm. additional set of products, you have the steady income to cover that. Yeah, I think that's really smart. No, I'm absolutely happy to hand over my Pinterest um, <laughs> <To anyone. laughs> scheduling if someone would like to take that on. Um. Yeah, so those are three tips. I think that those are like, if you can figure that out those three, honestly, in that order. Consulting is yeah. like great for research too. Just like before and if you, you can't, will you just call us? Yes, we'll please. help you. We'll give you some some free advice. You know, yeah. 
<laughs> we don't want you to go call us before you spend $20,000 on a yeah. website, please. I will build your website. <laughs> no, Jesse no, will I not won't. build your website. I won't your build website. your website. I'm always like, I'll just do it. Jen's like, no. No. Um, I won't build your website, but I will find you someone to do it um, for a lot less than $20,000. Yes. Yeah. All right. That was solid. Hopefully you guys can take some of that advice um, and go build the next Facebook. Please. Or not Facebook because they're a monopoly and, you know, we're all sick of Instagram at this point. Um, but build something great. Uh, Jen, where can people find you? So you can find me personally on Instagram, jen.nay or jennay.com. You have to spell out your name. J-E-N-N-A-Y-E. Yes. Okay. Where can they find you? Um, they can find me on Instagram at, at Jesse B. Bernhardt, B-E-R-N-H-A-R-D is in dog, T is in Tom. Um, and you can find the two of us together on themarketinggreenhouse.com or at the Marketing Greenhouse. Yes, please go follow the Marketing Greenhouse. We need some love on that account. Yes. <laughs> we have lots of really good content. Um, and yeah, I will obviously always reach out. Um, we have a form on themarketinggreenhouse.com if you have any questions, if you'd like to work with us, if you just want to say hi. We actually have our 20-minute jumpstart that yeah. Um, is a complimentary 20 minutes to hop on the phone with us and answer any questions. So head to the website, check that out and leave us a review for the podcast. Yes. Leave us a review. We'd love that. Um, and we will see you guys next week. Thanks for joining. Thanks for joining. Bye.